So coming up this next week, we begin to step into the Easter season. And for Christians, this is a, a big week for us. And um, I want to just invite you to go with me on a journey for this next week as we begin to unpack this last week of Jesus's ministry right before the cross. And let us take a look. Look at the stories. Look at the people. Look at the characters that are in this story and begin to listen to see what God would speak to us, how he would talk to our hearts. And Hopefully we all walk away from this with a truer and richer relationship with Jesus Christ. And so to start this journey, I want us to, to begin to look at there's a story where Jesus is at a dinner party. And he is at a dinner party at the house of Simon the leper. Now, Simon would have been a man who had been healed from leprosy, a guy who was basically under a death sentence. And he could not remedy his own situation. In fact, no one could. There was no hope. The only thing in front of him was impending death. And here comes Jesus Christ and heals his body and delivers him of this leprosy. And so now you see a man who responds back to Jesus to open his home, to invite him in. And the next character we have in this story is that of Lazarus. And Lazarus is reclining back and he is there with Jesus. And now, if you know the story of Lazarus, just one chapter before, Lazarus had died. He had gotten sick, he'd gotten ill, and he had died. But in this story, we know a few things. That that God loved, that Jesus loved Lazarus. He had a love for Lazarus and his sisters. And that he was moved because of this love. And then, as this story moves on, Lazarus is then raised from the dead. And here Lazarus is now. And the beauty of this is this is a pure picture of us as believers. We were dead in our trespasses. We were lost. But yet it was the love of God that was extended toward us that reached us, that moved toward us. And it was Jesus who came to us and called us out of our grave, out of our darkness and into his light. And then the next person we have in this story is Martha. And Martha is this quintessential picture of the servant. And she is using her gift of hospitality. And this is the biggest way that she shows her love and affection. And in this moment, she is giving her best gift to Jesus. She is Bob, and this is different from the time before where they, she was putting on a dinner for Jesus. And you can see kind of a transition in her heart, but she is serving Jesus with the best of her gift. And then we have this kind of interrupted personality here, Mary, who steps into the picture. And Mary begins to interrupt what the scene and what's going on. And she, not intending to, but she walks in and she begins to break open this very expensive, very uh, odorous perfume. And she breaks it open and she pours it out and begins to anoint Jesus' body. She starts at his head, she anoints his head and she anoints his feet. And she begins to wash her feet, his feet with her hair. And this is a scene that's going on. This is a woman who is not concerned what others around who are, th- are thinking, but yet she's a woman who comes, she has a prepared sacrifice, a prepared gift, and she wants to lavish it extravagantly upon Christ. And this is the woman who previously we would have seen her sitting at the feet of Jesus learning. And then the woman who had fallen at his feet, uh, pleading for her brother's life. And now she is the one at his feet, washing his feet with her hair. She is worshiping him, honoring him. And she has prepared, and she's moving in faith. We see a picture of faith here in Mary, where Mary is extending out in faith, anointing Jesus for his burial. Now, she may have been one of the few or one of the only ones who actually started to see what was going on. But in that picture with her and Lazarus, as Jesus is talking with her, he says, I am the resurrection 
and the life. And he who believes in me shall not die, but shall live. And this is Mary, those words were probably stirred in Mary over and over again after she saw her brother come out of the tomb and seeing that there's something unique about this man. He's not just a good teacher. He's not just someone who taught good lessons, but there's something attractional. There's something that captivates us about him. This is not just a mere man. And so the next person we have in this story is that of Judas. And Judas enters this story as the critic. He's the one who begins to be a critic of Mary's worship, her extravagance. And we see in this story, not only is he the critic who judges harshly what's going on, but the Bible calls him a thief. And his interest was not in her worship, but what he could do with the money that would have been taken from that and sold. And so um, these are some of the characters that have been come out. As again, we read this story, there's another group of characters. There's the crowd, the crowd who is curious, who comes, who's wanting to see this Lazarus, who's wanting to see Jesus, this curious crowd. And then we have the religious um, Sadducees here, and they are plotting Jesus's death. And they're plotting the death of Lazarus. And this is kind of an entry. They're angry. They're, they're upset. You know, they're willing to kill to, to rather than to humble themselves and admit that they are wrong about their religious beliefs. And so these are the characters that we see in this story. But the main character here is Jesus Christ. And Jesus being the main character, you know, usually he is the one who is teaching, who is acting on behalf of others. But this is kind of a flip in the script a little bit. What we have here are people who are acting toward Jesus. They're responding to Jesus. We have this full gospel narrative that comes before them, what Jesus has done. And then now we have these different responses of people responding to who Jesus was. And Jesus is showing great compassion in the way that he receives the gift of Mary. He's showing great joy in celebrating with them. Just so moments before, he was weeping with them. Like then We begin to see the character of Jesus more clearly in this if we just kind of start to look. He is the mediator. He is the one who opposes the critic against Mary and tells them to be quiet. In fact, not only is he the, the, the mediator there, but he... Um, tells us in the story that that wherever the gospel is preached, this story will be told. And Jesus now is the discerner of hearts. He is able to look into Jesus's heart and see the wickedness. He's able to look into Mary's heart and see the worship. And we have all these pictures that come up, but there's one character we haven't discussed yet, and that's you. You see, as we read this story, it is intended for us to enter this story, for us to hear the sounds of the people talking and asking Jesus their questions, the pots and the pans that are banging around in the kitchen, people moving around and pulling food food off the table and putting uh, new food on the table, taking away the empty dishes, shuffling and moving. And all of this is happening and the, the smells of the food that we begin to smell as we think through this and the joy that's happening. And finally, this interruptive smell that captivates us, that grabs us, that pulls us into what's going on as this perfume begins to break open and as we watch Mary begin to worship Jesus. You see, as we begin to read the story, we picture ourselves in the room among the guests. We begin to identify with the characters and their response to Jesus. You see, in this story, you may be kind of sensing the tension that's building here, the tension of Mary's worship, the tension of Martha serving, the tension of Judas 
coming out and opposing Mary, uh, the, the tension that was kind of in the room because they were already looking to kill Jesus. Uh, and then you see this, uh, these, these Mary, Martha, Lazarus, and, and Simon risk everything to honor Jesus and demonstrating their loyalty and accepting him as the Messiah. They're willing to be identified with him than to be identified with the religious leaders or anyone else. They're willing to put it all on the line. And maybe that's the question we should be asking ourselves as we enter this Easter season. Are you willing to put it all on the line? Have you identified with Jesus? You see, in this story, you know, we may be looking at this and we may just think, wow, you know, for certain, if we can learn some lessons of how better our lives and, you know, we can look at the characters, you know, that there's those who serve God, who open their homes and share their blessings. You know, there's those who just consume and they hang out with Jesus for what they can. And, and maybe we read that and we think, well, maybe I should be more than just a consumer of the things of God. And maybe I should begin to share. And then there's the critic, the one that always brings nothing to the story, but is quick to tell everyone what they're doing wrong. And maybe you read that and you go, well, I, mean, I should probably stop being a critic, you know, and then there's the, the worshipers and you read that and you go, maybe I should be a better worshiper. And you see the religious and who are continually stirring up contentions. You go, oh, well, maybe I don't want to be religious, you know, and then there's the crowd who's curious and, and maybe you say, well, you know, I'm just curious about who Jesus is and that's okay. You know, just be curious. But you see, the thing is, if we walk away just knowing these observable points, our lives may be richer for sure. I mean, you would be richer just to, to be more of a giver than a consumer. You would be richer, yeah, to not be a critic of everything and, and be a celebrator of things. Yeah, I mean, it would truly enrich your life. But this is not the story. This is not the story of the text. It's not the story of the Bible that would just walk away a better per- person. You see, the purpose of the Bible is not that we would simply read the stories of others and apply these lessons to our lives. When we read the Bible, it causes us to interact with it, to become part of the narrative, to ask questions, and to visualize us in this story that's happening. You know, this is probably why this the new series um, that's on TV, The Chosen, is so popular because now you're beginning to kind of picture yourself more in the Bible. And this is the intended purpose, that you would look into these stories. And it's not simply to become a better version of ourselves, but rather to listen to Jesus, to step in the story of the Bible, to leave transformed, to be changed at the deepest part of who we are. You see, you are a character in the story of Jesus. He's the hero. And he's the hero of your story. Whether you accept him as the hero or not, whether you're the crowd or you're the religious or you're the critic or you're the worshiper, Jesus is still the hero of the story. And this story isn't for us to look at the characters and say, well, I should be like that character. No, the reason of the story is we look at these characters and it identifies our heart. It exposes our heart. And once our heart is exposed, we're exposed to the critic or exposed to just the one who's curious but not really willing to lay it all on the line for Christ. Once this begins to expose, we're left with a choice. And so I want to invite you this week as we begin to step into these stories, these narratives of who Jesus is and and why he died. Why did Jesus die? As we begin to unpack these, I want to invite you that you would not just simply come to the story, maybe as you have over and over and over again, but that you would come as a character in the story and say, God, 
Reveal what's in my heart. Show me what, who I am that I may respond to you properly, that I may respond in worship meaningfully, that I may move toward you as you have moved toward me. And hopefully in this week, as we begin to unpack these, there's a few things I hope you'll see. One is that he is a self-revealing God, that God constantly is making himself known. And as we begin to look at this story, we'll begin to see that Jesus multiple times begin to tell people what's about to happen, that he was going to go die, that he was going to offer his life for your salvation, that he was going to go be the perfect sacrifice. And we begin to see all these unfold because God is a self-revealing God. And, and maybe today you need God to reveal himself to you more. He's doing that. And so it's not that we would just pray, God, reveal yourself, because he is. The prayer should be, God, let me see how you're revealing myself. Let let me remove the things in my life that are stopping me. Maybe there's a stone over your dead heart. Maybe there's a leprosy that's taking you to sin in your life. and it's Maybe you become so caught up in serving God that you haven't had a chance to realize who he is. So he's a self-revealing God. The second thing is that we see Jesus came and he was meeting and communing with those that he loved. I told you earlier in the story that, that we're told that God, that Jesus loved Lazarus. And then we see in the story, he is communing with the ones he loves. This is the story of God. This is the story of the Bible. He is the God who comes near. He's the one who comes to us. He's the one who draws near to us. He's the one who came down from heaven. Christianity is not something we ascend to. It's not something we try to achieve or do. But Christianity is about the work that Christ has done on our behalf. You see, it was in the garden that we lost communion with God. And the whole Bible has been telling us that God longs to restore that communion with us so that we may experience life and joy and healing. You see, it's God's plan to bring us back into communion with God. Maybe you're hearing all this and it's not quite getting into your heart yet. It's my prayer in Ezekiel. God said that he would give us a new heart, a heart that would love him, a heart that would keep his law, a heart that would obey, a heart that would be turned toward him. In fact, he said he would turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and children to the fathers, that God would come and he would do a great work in our hearts. And I want to invite you this week as we begin to look at Easter and what it means. And is it just a religious holiday for you? Is it time to look upon, to gaze upon the wonder of the cross, to come to the cross with a new heart, with a fresh heart. You know, that's my prayer for you this time is this would not just be a repeat of previous times, but something new would transform in your life this year. And so Father, I just pray as we begin to step into this week, God, let us see you more clearly. God, let us see the revelation that you are making known. God, let us understand. Holy Spirit, would you work in us your work of revelation? Would you work in us your will that we would see and know? And Lord, let us not just look at the cross and think, wow, that's cool. But let us be broken and humble before the cross that the beautiful gift that you would give And God, that we would see that you long to restore communion with us and that we would stop eating from the wrong table and we would turn and eat with you, that we would dwell with you, that we would look to you, that we would return to you. 
And so, God, if there is someone who is far from you today, I pray that they would hear you calling them home. Much like Lazarus, whose their dead heart would be awakened today. Or if they're bound in sin like this leper, that you would set them free. God, maybe they're the one called up in worship. And, and this, is it an act of faith or is it just an act of motion that their worship would be truly led by faith? And, or maybe they're just the one who is serving. They're always doing, they're always doing, they're always doing. And maybe, God, that you would transform that heart so their doing wouldn't be out of sense of doing, but it would be truly out of devotion for you. And that we would be like Lazarus who's willing to put it all on the line for you. God, that we wouldn't be the crowd that's just curious. But God, as you expose these things in our heart today, God, let us move, God, to be transformed by your word and by your truth. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, guys, thanks for joining me today. I want to invite you to join me again tomorrow um, on this same channel as we begin to look deeper into these stories. God bless.